How do we integrate our faith into our daily lives? Hi, my name is David Dennis, and I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining me today for this second podcast about worldview and the way Scripture should impact the way we look at life. Last time, we talked about the lack of integration of our faith into our daily lives. We asked the why question. Why is it so hard to keep God's perspective on life and implement that perspective into my daily life? Why is it often hard to integrate a biblical worldview into my life? In that podcast, we referenced a recent survey by George Barna done in May of 2021 that the Family Research Council commissioned to look at how many people believe they possess a biblical worldview, if and to what extent they seek to integrate that worldview into every dimension of life. We pointed out that 51% of adults, and this is not just Christians, but across the board, 51% of adults claim to have a biblical worldview. However, extensive testing through the American Worldview Inventory indicates that really just about 6% of the adult population actually has one. So the question that I posed at the end of the past po- the last podcast was, how do I integrate a biblical worldview into every aspect of my life and help others do the same? I'm going to quote from the website from the Center for Biblical Worldview where they say, quote, everything we do begins as an idea. All ideas have consequences, but we are less aware that all consequences are the fruit of ideas, end quote. Let me say that again. Quote, everything we do begins with an idea. All ideas have consequences, but we are less aware that all consequences are the fruit of ideas, end quote. That's from a video produced by the Center for Biblical Worldview. We really must work on separating the lies from our culture, our satanic lies, I would say, from the culture, from the truth of God's Word. Last time on the podcast, I suggested that there were at least four reasons for this inconsistency between what God says in His Word and our worldview. First of all, sin is at the root of things. I want to do my own thing because it feels better, it's the easy way, and I really think I know better than what God does. Number two, appearance, not wanting to look stupid in front of others or not wanting to be different. I go along to get along. Number three, doubting God's word, not believing that the Bible is inerrant. Letting Satan trick me into believing, as he said to Eve back in Genesis, has God said? And number four, biblical illiteracy, not really knowing what scripture says about any certain topic. So what is the answer for this dilemma of lack of consistency, the lack of putting together what God's Word says, His perfect view of wisdom and His understanding of how He made things? How do we uh, put that together with a worldview so that we can really impact our world for Christ? So here are several scriptures that I think help us understand God's prescription in this area. First of all, Romans 12, 2, which says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. How do I do that? Well, I need to get God's perspective on life. I need to read His Word. Not only read it, but study it. I need to be a good student of the Word, the one who rightly divides the Word of truth, according to 2 Timothy. 
I would ask you, as well as ask myself, to really seek the Holy Spirit to guide our reading and our heart into understanding that intersection between today's issues and what God has to say about them. For example, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does the Bible say about racism? What does the Bible say about tolerance? What does the Bible say about living together before marriage? What does Scripture say about transgenderism? What does the Bible say about the value of life of the unborn and the aged? So let's ask the Holy Spirit really to guide our reading and to help us understand what God's Word says about these key issues. Number two, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So to summarize that admonition, we are to teach our children our proper biblical worldview. Specifically, there are resources available that help us to identify what a biblical worldview is. And I would commend you to the website, um, the Family Research Council website, which is frc.org forward slash worldview. frc.org forward slash worldview. And they've put together a nice um, uh, summary of scriptural basis for uh, worldview issues. We need to dig in and learn ourselves what a biblical worldview is. It may not come easily. It is uh, a matter of studying and praying about this. So that's number two, is to teach them to our children and to learn them ourselves. Number three, 2 Peter 1, 19-21 says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well, do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So to summarize point number three, we are to recognize that the word of God is without error and is powerful to change us. Number four, confess my sin of wanting to look good in front of others. Be be willing to make a stand and to be different, even if it costs me. And that's really hard to do, I know. It's hard to be different intentionally. We tend to love ourselves so much that we can't stand it when we are looked down on or stupid. But we are called to take a stand for God's Word. So there's those first four principles, again, just to repeat, are the following. Look at God's Word. Be transformed by reading God's Word and ask, what does God say about these current issues that we're dealing with? Number two, 
teach them to our children, study them for ourselves, understand them, and then teach them to our children and to others that we are working with. Number three, recognize that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God is without error, sorry, without error and is powerful to change us. And number four, confess my sin of wanting to look good in front of others. Be willing to take a stand and be different if God calls us to that. And number five, most importantly, pray. Second Corinthians ten three through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Pray. Prayer is the most important thing. It's not clever arguments. It's not what we can devise or think of. It's not what we come up with. But prayer is required. The Holy Spirit is required to break down those strongholds. I love how the New Living Translation translates 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. That's the same passage I just quoted from New King James. But here's the New Living Translation. Quote, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You know, my friends, this is a critical time in our nation's history. Judeo-Christian values are attacked and maligned daily. The sad part is, many believers go right along with the crowd. We don't want to get involved or to say something that might be different from what our culture believes. I urge you, as I urge myself, to read, study, listen, and learn what the issues are today, and most importantly, to investigate what Scripture teaches about them. Then, lovingly, with compassion, but with boldness, take a stand for righteousness. You and I want to know what God says about life, don't we? We may think we already know His view on things. The people we have spiritual influence on, such as our children, our grandchildren, those we are investing in spiritually, perhaps our neighbors, our family, may think they already know His perspective on life. But do they? Do we? I urge each of us to take the time to investigate what God says about life through His Word. Teach it to others. Learn it ourselves. We must see those satanic lies for what they are. They are satanic lies of our culture. And we must contrast them with the truth of God's never-changing and inerrant word. We must build our lives on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and His word. My prayer is that you and I can do that boldly today. Thanks for joining me today on Making Disciples Naturally. We'll be back next time for more information and more encouragement about our daily walk with Christ and how we can encourage others in that. Thank you. The views expressed on this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Navigators or the Kansas Community Ministry. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators 
nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.